With Siata Dishmaya, let's continue with our lessons on meeting with the King of Kings and how to prepare yourself to be able to do that. And so now let's continue with our lessons and let's talk about let's talk about unconditional love. So we explained before that conditional love differs from person to person, depending on the degree of one's recognition of Hashem's kindness, and that's why it's called conditional. And we also explained at length that there are two ways to appreciate that even suffering and events that seem evil are really expressions of Hashem's kindness. So many events occur that seem at the time to be negative, but later turn out to be positive. So you have to, you, you have to apply the lessons from such revealed cases to the hidden cases. And even when we don't see the kindness, it's there. So not only do we not understand suffering, but we do not even understand kindness because it comes from the infinite creator. We can only see parts of the kindness, but it's not in its full depth. So once a person realizes that he does not even grasp Hashem's kindness, then he has simple faith that all the works of Hashem are truly good. So the first level, which is applying the lesson of the revealed situations to the hidden ones, relates more to conditional love. And so by seeing that suffering that seems bad is really absolute kindness, the obstacle to conditional love disappears. And when good things happen, a person thanks Hashem and loves them. And even when bad things happen, you know that they are ultimately for your good. So hence, there's nothing to block conditional love. The second level, which is a recognition that the human mind can grasp, neither kindness or nor suffering is closer to unconditional love conditional love is based on your understanding but unconditional love is the unification with the creator as hazal have taught us hashem the torah and israel are one unity and it's not a matter of the intellect it's beyond the intellect so as long as you're trying to understand kindness and suffering you're still working with the intellect and at best possess the kind of love common <clears throat> among created beings, which is conditional love. But when you look with greater depth and understand that you cannot even begin to understand Hashem's providence and that all of Hashem's acts should be described as your thoughts are extremely deep and your emunah will connect you to a level beyond creation and your love will be unconditional. And so this is very profound. So there is a creator and there are creations. Where is the point of the connection between the two? And so if, if, if you work within the perspective of a creation, then you're stuck on the level of creation. And there can only be true divakas to the creator when you strive to transcend the condition of creation and unite with the creator. And how do you do this? So, after all, we're creations. So, indeed, with our own understanding, it's impossible. It's impossible. But if we have emunah, that Hashem is infinite, and that His kindness is therefore infinite as well, we can connect to Him. Emunah is the only method through which we can have, in a certain sense, a relationship to the infinite. One who attains such emunah can access unconditional love. So now let's first explain how to acquire the first level. We have, to, we have mentioned that you have to set aside an hour a day, at least to contemplate the level that you're trying to attain. And at this stage, you have to contemplate the fact that events that seemed negative at the time turned out for the best. 
and you can consider events that occurred to you personally or you could read books of such of, of such stories and considering tens and perhaps hundreds of stories that show that what seemed negative and painful turned out for the, to be for the best and so after your mind agrees with this then check if your heart feels it as well and it's almost certain that after mental contemplation alone the heart will not yet feel the concept so the way to progress is as we have said before contemplate and then speak speak to the creator saying master of the world i know that all you do is perfectly good i have seen in many cases that events that seem negative and painful turned out to be totally good and spell out the incidents be in spell it out in detail and based on this i have clear ramona that all is for the best but i don't adequately feel it please help me master of the world we want to to be able to feel the goodness in every situation and you should elaborate in tefillah asking hashem to help you feel in the heart not just know in the mind that whatever happens to you or to anyone else is perfectly good this is the avoda for that hour in the day devoted to contemplation so besides that there is the avoda that should take place throughout the day and so often you see occurrences that seem to be forms of suffering and sometimes small problems and sometimes big problems so let's give you some common examples <clears throat> you may be walking on the street and hear a baby in a stroller crying so with a little time and energy available you could simply consider what's happening suffering if all were well with the baby he would not be crying if he's crying something must be bothering him and maybe he dropped his pacifier or maybe he's hungry etc etc but simply stated he's suffering and so then continue to think if this suffering is good or not so if a child is crying it doesn't seem good he's in pain then you should think why is there suffering at all Hazal said there is no suffering without sin so if someone such as this baby is suffering he must have a sin but how is that possible how can it be possible a baby is exempt from all the mitzvot and so many great thinkers have grappled with this question throughout the generations and closer to our time the hachamim revealed to us the concept of gilgul reincarnation and this is how a well-known idea it's now a well-known idea but in former generations it was not spoken about openly so if a child is suffering this must be correcting a tikkun from a fault from one of his previous lives and so then you should consider if this baby is suffering he must have committed some sin i don't know what it is but there must have been something if so there are two possibilities he could remain with the sin and hospitalom stay far from the creator or he could receive some suffering in order to cleanse the sin and become closer to the creator then you say to yourself since it's clear to me that true perfection is attachment to hashem and anything else considered good is vanity and deceptive emptiness the only true source is closeness to hashem and so thus when evaluating suffering there should be only one consideration it is immaterial if the experience is pleasant or not what counts is the inner purpose behind it all so without the suffering a person is far from the creator the suffering makes him closer so it's really an expression of absolute kindness 
And what superficially seems negative is in fact a product of total kindness. So without the suffering, the person would be farther from Hashem and he would be somewhat lacking in the true good. But now the suffering brought him closer to Hashem. So it's truly an expression of kindness. So this is one example among many. And this world is filled with both observable kindness as well as suffering. Some people have financial problems. And some people have difficulty with their children. And some have marital problems, shalom bias problems. And there are many other kinds of troubles. But the common denominator is that each trouble comes from a sin. And its goal is to truly be, bring one close to Hashem. And so we said before that there are two ways to see the kindness in all of Hashem's all of Hashem's acts. Sometimes we can see events that are positive, and sometimes we don't see the kindness at that time. But we can employ a broader perspective to learn from the revealed to the concealed. So if we delve deeper and free ourselves from the superficial perspective of needing to understand the good in each event, we appreciate the good by fully accepting that suffering comes due to some sin, either in this life or in a previous one. And thus each pain that comes to a person is truly from kindness. So essentially, this contemplation of the kindness in suffering has two divisions. There is suffering one observes in other people, and there is suffering one personally undergoes. So in the example of the crying baby, another person is suffering and it is easier to contemplate what is taking place even during the event. The observer is not suffering. And if he's not on a very high level of Ahavas Israel, he does not feel the pain of the other person that much. He will therefore have the peace of mind needed for contemplation. And as long as the suffering isn't horrible but simple, like a baby crying or a person losing a small amount of money, it's easy to contemplate. So you can consider that although the event seems outwardly negative, it is really positive either because something good will come from it later in this world or because a person's sins will be cleansed so that he can attain closeness to Hashem in the next world. This is all true when you consider the suffering that befalls another. But it's more difficult when the person himself suffers. So there are minor troubles such as those mentioned in, in the Talmud. A person needs three coins to buy something, but discovers that he only has two. But there are more severe troubles such as bodily illness or emotional problems. So let's start with the easier case in which a person suffers by not finding as much money in his pocket as he had hoped. So there's a profound concept here. Imagine a person is in a store in Israel, here in Enedis Israel, and he wants to buy something that costs 120 shekelim. So he puts, you put your hand, let's say, he puts his hand in his pocket and pulls out 50. So he's now forced to put his hand back into his pocket or wallet to pull out the remaining cash. So who even thinks of this as suffering? So it will not even occur to someone who's not seeking Hashem in every situation. He will just stick his hand in his pocket and take out the rest of the money. But if you ask, were you suffering? He won't know what you're talking about. Hashem had sent him some suffering and with the proper perspective, he would have been able to use that simple event to become closer to Hashem. But, he, but because he doesn't think, he overlooked it he, and lost the wonderful gift Hashem, Hashem had sent him. So if a person accustoms himself to see the Creator's hand, when he experiences light suffering, then a person will be able to cope even when overwhelmed by harsh suffering. But most people don't see the minor troubles as suffering and accept them out of habit. So when harsh suffering comes, such as the death of a close relative, one feels hopeless because he's not, he hasn't toiled to develop emunah and ahavas Hashem. 
So the proper way to build emuna is to start with the easiest and simplest situations. If you put your hand in your pocket and you did not pull out the required amount of money, when you are about to put your hand back in the pocket, you should think and say to Kadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, at least in your thoughts, who decreed that I would pull out less than the required amount of money the first time? It was you, Hashem. And if so, it was your will that I would have to put my hand in my pocket a second time. And if that's what you wanted, it must be good for me. And then you will joyfully put your hand in your pocket a second time. And if you will take these minor annoyances and relate to them properly, then you'll be able, you'll be able to obtain tremendous happiness because such situations arise countless times throughout the day, but we generally ignore them. We fail to appreciate that these little situations are opportunities that Hashem sends us to each one of us for the sake of living with Hashem in love. If we don't think... We don't notice. And if we don't notice, we miss these opportunities and we don't attain a Havas Hashem. So if you live with the simple and true awareness that even the most minor event that doesn't work out as planned is a form of divinely ordained suffering, such events will instill in you emuna and true Ahavas uh, Hashem. So uh, we're not even going to attempt to elaborate with more details, but if you take this idea to heart, and you work to truly instill it, it will change your whole life. It will change your entire life. The value of the attainment will be indescribable. Experience has shown that those who live this way are calm, peaceful, and happy. And this is a simple and true method for correcting midot. And from these simple events, you can attain emuna, ahavas Hashem, and patience. And you can overcome anger. But this is provided that you pay attention to every event, whether small or large. And you see the Creator in it. And you say to Him simply, to Master of the world, if you want this, I accept it with great joy. Because I am certain that it is good. And another common example is when you feel an itch and you want to scratch it. But before doing so, you should acknowledge that it came from Hashem. And it's also an act of kindness. So when you become used to living with Hashem, with love, in these small incidents, you'll be able to deal with bigger problems. And so you have to progress gradually in this area because at first, you're going to be, you're going to need to awaken and live with Emuna and Ahava in the midst of even the most minor forms of suffering that occur 30 to 50 times a day. And in this way, you're going to develop the tools to feel Ahava even in the midst of those more difficult events that are worse than the daily annoyances. So, for example, an appliance in the home, such as a refrigerator or a washing machine, might break. And it costs thousands of shekelim to replace. You don't know where you're going to get the money. And most of us don't have a lot of extra money. And so this is a relatively big problem. But you should stand next to, next to the appliance and say to Hashem, if you are, of course, in a clean area, who enabled the appliance to work until now? You, Hashem, who broke it now? You, Hashem, why? Why? It's because you want to harm me or help me. So I'm sure that you want to help me. And true, it's going to be hard to pay for. And I don't know how. I don't know how I will do it. But before I buy a new one, I must recall, he who made it work until now is the one who broke it now. So just as when you made it function, that was a kindness that I would not need to wash everything by hand. And so too, now that you broke it, it's surely a kindness. And just as I thank you for making it work until now, I thank you for breaking it now because I know that it was an act of pure 
kindness. So if you don't learn to properly accept the small troubles, you're going to feel sad and depressed when a significant one comes, like a large financial loss, Hasfa Shalom. You're going to wonder why this tragedy happened and how, how you must improve, and as, as, and, as, as such as which good deed you may have neglected. So indeed, you have to make a self-accounting. You have to do a Hezbon Nefesh, but first, you have to awaken the Emuna and the Ahava. And woe to the person who does Hezbon Nefesh self-accounting in a state of sadness. So there must first be Emuna and, and Simcha, joy based on an accurate perspective. And then Hezbon Nefesh self-accounting along with the joy. So we've seen that the greatest Gadolam rejoiced even when affected by the terrible tragedies. Why? Because they lived with Emuna during the simple daily events. And the more you live with emunah on a daily basis, the more it's going to become part of you. And you have to contemplate this for an hour daily and then apply it throughout the rest of the day. And in this way, you're going to instill emunah and you're going to be attached to Hashem with a chava, with love. So, please, Hashem, give us the opportunity to see your hand in each event. Let us feel your love in each aspect of our life, and let us be close to you forever. Amen.